This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Guys, thank you so much for being here this morning. It's almost Thanksgiving. I mean, y'all are ready. Love gathering together, friends and family, celebrating, remembering to be thankful. How many of you know, though, that we have reason to be grateful every single day? It, it's, it, it's an awful shame if we only celebrate Thanksgiving once a year. We should live out of a heart of thankfulness every single day of our lives. Guys, uh, we thank you so much for being here. If you're here in person, if you're watching online, welcome to Church of the Harvest. We are a family of Christ followers. The Lord has brought us together. We have found that we are stronger together than we are individually. And so we have chosen to link arms and accomplish God's purposes in the earth together. Uh, We gather in small groups, community groups throughout the week, uh, all over the area. But uh, guys, we still love Sundays. We come together and we worship together corporately. Amen. At Harvest, we're a small expression of the body of Christ. We love God. He's our Father. We want to be just like Him. And so we choose to love people and to serve others as the hands and feet of Jesus. Uh, I, I think I forgot last week to do the vision. If you're part of the Harvest family, what is our vision? And we accomplish that through community, discipleship, and our. I, I, I think we're still missing our drummer. We've got to keep everybody together, you know. May, grow, and equip. Sorry. Good job, guys. Guys, last week I started a series. Um, I started a series called Reckless Generosity. Actually, I didn't start the series. Our elder Robert Montgomery started the series. Did a great job. Y'all give Pastor Robert a hand. Pastor Robert. Elder Robert. Pastor Elder. Pastor Robert. Guys, yeah, so thankful. So had a great message last week. He talked about how God demonstrated first that he is a super generous. From the natural mind, it looks like he is recklessly generous with mankind. And, and he, he gives freely, he gives first, and he gives perfect gifts. And he talked about how he demonstrated this through giving us his love, giving us his life, giving us his righteousness, giving us the Holy Spirit, giving us authority over the enemy, and calling us into ministry. How many of you are thankful for those things? These are things that he gave to us. And I told you guys, um, you know, we were calling this reckless generosity because, because how many of you know that, that, guys, God's love to the natural mind seems reckless? Why in the world would you love first, love folks who aren't showing you any love in return? Why in the world would you give believing that it's going to be given back to you? If I, the more I give, the more I'm going to receive. That doesn't make any sense. That sounds reckless. Give my only son to save the whole world? These things seem reckless to the natural mind. But guys, as I was working on the message for this week, I, I, I changed the series name. Some of you have already seen it if you're looking at the notes. God's love, his generosity does seem reckless to the natural mind, but I've changed the name of the series and I'm calling it Relentless Generosity. Because God's love and God's generosity is relentless toward us. And let me prove it to you. I looked up the word relentless. And relentless means persistent, unyielding, unrelenting, not lessening in intensity, in strength, or in pace, continuing in an extreme way. Does that not explain? Does that not describe the character of our God? Does that not describe his love and his generosity in our life? And so, so anyway, we're going to continue on in this, um, talking about relentless generosity. And so in the last series, we talked about the life of a worshiper, and we talked about how a worshiper lives a life of generosity. We talked about that one week, right? That God loved and God gave. He, he gave first. He demonstrated that 
through Jesus. And we talked about how love loves to give. And so generosity is so important to those in the family of God. Now, I heard somebody once say that if you want the blessing of God in your life, if you want the power of God in your life, if you want the anointing of God in your life, then you need to build your life on three things. You need to build your life on integrity, on humility, and on generosity. Everybody say integrity, humility, and generosity. See, these three things, humility, integrity, generosity, these three things are the, are the antidotes to the greatest temptations we'll ever face in life. We talk, the Bible talks about how the, thing, the temptations we struggle with in life, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, right? When we walk in, we build our life on integrity and on humility and on generosity. Those things aren't an issue. And so we're going to talk today. Uh, I, we don't have time to go into all those, but I want to talk today about generosity. Now, in the Bible, I don't know if you guys know this, we, we, we love to talk about the promises of God in, 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 in the church, but how many of you know that there are about 7,000 promises of God in the Bible? I, I, I didn't recognize the number was quite that high, honestly. That kind of took me back a little bit. There are about 7,000 promises of God. And these promises, if you have made the decision, you have surrendered your life to Christ and you're following him, those promises are yours. They're your promises. But God says, he says, if you do this, then I will do that. How many of you know that God's promises generally have a condition applied to them? If you do this, I, we, we do that for our kids all the time, don't we? If you'll do this, I'll do this. If you do this, I promise this is what will happen. There's conditions to promises. There's promises for success, promises for satisfaction, promises for fulfillment, promises for blessing, promises for healing. Over 7,000 promises. But these promises have conditions attached to them. That's why some people say, well, I'm just not seeing the promises of God in my life. Well... Maybe we need to go back and look at what the word that God actually says. Well, I'm just not being blessed financially. I'm just not receiving. Well, it actually says give and it shall be given. Are you giving? Well, not right now. Not at this point in my life. I just can't really afford to give. Well, you know, it's like there's a promise attached to what it is you're expecting from God. And so, so anyway, in the Bible, more of God's promises are actually attached to generosity than anything else when you look at it. There are more problems related to generosity than any other subject. And honestly, when I talk about generosity, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about your time, I'm talking about your talent, I'm talking about your treasures, what the Word of God tells us. It's about being generous with your time, with your energy, being generous. Guys, even in, in our life, in our walk with the Lord, being generous in our praise and our worship, being generous in our talent, being generous in every area. It's really about becoming a selfless person. It's really what generosity is about being selfless and trusting God. So what is generosity? Why is God so interested in generosity? Why is he so interested in us learning to be generous? That he gives us all of these promises that are attached to generosity. The answer is, you've heard this before, is because generosity is love in action. Generosity proves our love. We talked about this in, in, in that last series that we did, that you can give without loving but you can't love without giving. How do you know? You can give without loving. Somebody can come up to you and pressure you. I need this, you know, I need, and, and you just reluctantly, okay, here's the $5, you know, take it, man. You know, and there was no love attached to it. 
But you can't love without giving. You can't be loving without being generous. If I tell my wife I love her, but I'm not generous, I'm not a giver toward her, then I don't really love her. If I'm not generous with my children, then I don't really love them. Because love gives. Love loves to give. God so loved the world that he gave. As I said, generosity is simply love in action. Generosity proves our love. If I'm not generous, I'm not a loving person. I may think I am, but I'm not. Because love is all about giving. It's not about, love is all about giving. It's not about getting. Have you noticed even, I was thinking about even the love songs that you listen to, that you hear on the radio and stuff. Guys, most of those are not about love. It's about what you get, right? You made me feel like a natural woman. I was humming that this morning. Shauna goes, why are you humming that song? I was like, it's about how you make me feel. Guys, that's not love. It's not love. You know what it actually is? It's lust. You want to differentiate between love and lust? Love is seeking to give. Lust is seeking to get. Right? All right. Oh, a few words in the Bible I looked at, by the way, just again along this point. I was thinking about some important words in the Bible. You would think the word believe is an important word in the Bible, right? Important word that we should pay attention to, belief. You know, the word believe is used 272 times in the word of God. How about the word pray? Pray seems like an important word in, in the Bible. It's used 371 times. Thank you, Miss Donna. The word love, obviously love seems like a really important word in the Bible. The word love is used 714 times. The word give is used 2,152 times. Makes me think we might ought to pay a little attention to that. It's so funny, you start a series on giving, that's where people want to shut down. I know, who to give to the Lord? You know, hear that. We talk about all these other things, we talk about believing and praying, and we talk about love. Looks like we need to talk about giving. Because God is a giver. Every good thing you have in your life comes from him. If God was not generous, you would have nothing. If God was not generous, your heart would not be beating right now. If God was not generous, you wouldn't have woken up this morning. God is a generous God. He gives you air to breathe. He gives you sunshine. He gives you a mind to think. And everything else good in your life is a sheer gift from God. So we always have reason to be thankful. Even when we talk about generosity, even the ability to earn is a gift from God. It's a great gift from God. And God wants us to learn to be like him. We've got to be generous. So today, I'm going to give you 12 promises related to generosity. Some of you are going, oh, dear Jesus, 12. You normally have three points, four points, 12. I promise we're going to move pretty quickly. We might even get done a little early. We'll see. I'm going to give you 12 promises. Now, it's not all the 12 promises, but 12 promises we see attached to generosity in Scripture. And a few of these, some of you have been through class 201 recently. A few of these we have in class 201 uh, because it, it actually comes uh, originally years ago from a series that Rick Warren did at Saddleback. And, man, it was just powerful. We incorporated it into a number of things that we did. 
But I want to share some of these, and I, I promise I'll move pretty fast. If you're using the YouVersion Bible app, um, as, as always, the notes are loaded on there. You can open the YouVersion Bible app on your mobile device, hit more, and hit events. And it should just pop up. The notes should pop up on there. And the 12 things are listed there. If you're taking notes, you might have to write fast. So, uh, so this is what happens when you're generous. That's what we're going to spend the rest of the time talking about. This is what happens when you're generous. Number one, your generosity honors God. Generosity honors God. Generosity is an act of worship. And really what it is, is it's recognition that everything you have is a gift from God. 2 Corinthians 9.13 says, your generosity to them and to all the believers will prove, everybody say prove, that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. It honors him. Proverbs 14.31 says, but he who is generous to the needy does what? honors God. When you are generous to others, you are honoring God with your life. Number two. That was quick, wasn't it? Some of them will be slower. Hang on. Generosity draws me closer to him. Generosity draws me. Some people are like, God just seems so distant. Become generous. Watch what happens. Generosity draws us closer to God because what I invest in proves what I am interested in. What I invest in will begin to attract me more and more. If I invest my time in something, if I invest my money in something, my energy in something, whatever it is, whether it's your golf game or a business plan, it proves what's important to you. It shows what's really important. When I invest in God and his work, it not only honors him, but it draws me closer to me. Wherever my money and my time go attracts me. Proverbs 14, 23, in the Living Bible, it says, the purpose of tithing is to teach you to put God first in your life. So, y'all know the tithe. We give the first part of our income. The Bible calls that the tithe. And guys, tithe, that people like to redefine it as all kinds of different things, it simply means tenth. I'm, I'm sorry, it doesn't mean uh, a third or a sixth or an eighth. It means a tenth, does it not? And that's the tithe. And it says, and, and so when we bring that tithe, that, that first 10% on the first day of the week, we're proving what's really important to us. We are proving who is first in our life. Matthew 6, 21 says, your heart will be wherever your treasure is. So wherever you invest your time, your treasure, your talent, that's where your heart will be. And if you want to be closer to God, be generous because it'll draw you closer to him. Number three. Generosity makes me more like Jesus. Generosity makes, guys, is that not our desire as Christ followers to be like Christ? We know that he was the most generous person who ever lived. He was generous to the point that he gave his very own life. The Bible says that we have been saved because of the generosity of our Savior. Every time you give, your time, your talent, your energy, anything it may be, you're becoming more and more like Jesus every time that you do it. Every time you give, your heart grows bigger. Every time you give, you become more like Christ. Proverbs 21, 26 says, the greedy always want more, but the godly want to give. Guys, the more generous you are, the more godly you become. And I would argue, and the more godly you become, the more generous you become. It's a cycle. It's an endless cycle. Luke eleven forty one says, purity is best demonstrated by generosity. You want to live a holy life, holy and blameless? 
Learn to become generous just like your heavenly father makes you like Christ. I heard it demonstrated like this once, and I, and I, I want to kind of lay this out for just a minute. So say you take, you, you, you're, you, you're driving down the road and your kid wants, says, you're driving by McDonald's and they say, I want some fries. Now, I don't know about you guys, we're not big McDonald's eaters, but sometimes some hot fries from McDonald's, man, sometimes that can hit the spot, right? Some good stuff. So your kid's like, can I, can I please just have some french fries? And so, so you go through real quick and you get them an order of fries. And so you as mom, you, you grab the bag, you know, from the person and you're about to pass it to the kid. But what do you do first? You snag one. Oh, it's hot too. And you pass it to your kid, right? What does kid say? Stop. You can't have it. That's mine. Right? Now, your kid has forgotten three things. Number one, you are the source of French fries, right? You're the source. <laughs> they would not have those fries and they would not eat, be eating them if it were not for you and the price you paid for them, right? Secondly, they have forgotten that you can take them all if you want, right? In one moment, you can take every single one and they're all yours, Right? Or you could go back and buy them another truckload if you wanted. It's up to you because you're the source, right? You're in charge. Thirdly, they have forgotten that you don't need their fries. If you had really wanted fries that bad, you'd have bought your own fries, right? You could have bought as many as you wanted to. But you generously went through there and paid the price and gave them to them, right? So, <laughs> if you really wanted fries, you could have bought them yourself. You could have taken them. You could have gotten your own. But is that what you really wanted? No. You wanted them to be selfless. You wanted them to share. And you wanted one french fry or two, whatever, right? I believe those are some of the same reasons that God wants us to learn generosity. Guys, this may be mind-blowing to you, but God doesn't need your money. God doesn't need your money. It all belongs to him anyway. I'll take it a step further. hard to come out of my mouth. Church of the Harvest don't need your money because you're not our source as a church family. God is our source, okay? Because it all belongs to him. It, the, what you have wasn't yours before you were born. It won't be yours when you die, right? He loaned it to you. Even while you're alive, it's all his, now, he, he's the source of all fries, right? Everything you have in, love, in life, if God didn't love you and if he was not generous with you, you would have nothing. He could take it all away in an instant. Or he could give you 10 times the amount in an instant. He's the source. But without him, we have nothing. 
He wants us to learn to be selfless and generous just like him. Why? Because he is the great fry giver. (laughs) He is generous. He is generous. And generosity makes us more like Christ. Number four. (laughs) Write that down. God is the great fry giver. Number four. Generosity is the cure for materialism. Generosity is the cure for materialism. That's one of your fill-in-the-blanks in class 201. Guys, materialism, we know, is about get, 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 get all I can and, I was going to say sit on the can. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Get all I can get and can all I can, on, can whatever, however it goes. <laughs> can all I can get and sit on the can. Materialism is about taking in. It's about acquiring. It's about hoarding. How do you know that is the society we live in today? 1,000%. I have to get more and more and more. The only antidote to materialism is giving. You might say, well, I'm not, I'm not a materialistic person at all. But if you're not generous, then I would argue, yes, you are. Yes, you are. And every time you give, what you're doing is you're breaking the grip of materialism on your life. Because you're being just like Jesus. Matthew 6.24 says, you cannot serve God and money, right? And, and notice, it's something I thought about this week. Recognize it says, cannot. It doesn't say, should not. It doesn't say you should not serve God and money. It says, you cannot serve God and money. In other words, it's impossible. You can't serve two gods. They can't both be first. You got to decide what's more important. Hoarding money or honoring God. What's more important? What's number one in my life? Can't have two gods. Can't serve both. In a consumer-driven culture like we live in, learning to be generous can sometimes be difficult. Or, I, or maybe we just say it the other way around. Learning to fight the trend of materialism that, that you know, is, is going through our culture can be difficult sometimes. And it's very easy to get caught up in, in, in being a consumer and thinking that my, in my life that my my Net worth uh, reflects my self-worth. Our society is communicating that. But your net worth, how many of you know, is in no way communicated to your value. Your value is not given to you by what you have. Your value has been given to you by Almighty God. But Satan loves to drive us toward materialism. How, how many of you are like us and sometimes you just, you just walk the aisles sometimes at Costco target and you walk out with six things you didn't even know you needed you're just like you know we might could use another one of those six sometimes it's more dear first timothy 6 17 says teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money which is so unreliable their trust should be in god who richly gives us gives us all we need for our enjoyment. A couple things I recognize here. Number one, it says, teach those who are rich. Who are the rich? Everybody lift your hand. Everybody. Seriously. Guys, you may be unemployed, but I would argue that the poorest of the poor in America is richer than most of the world. Some of the poorest folks in many other places in the world, they would love to come trade places with you and, and take on your problems. They would love to. 
So I believe right here he's speaking to each and every one of us. We, we all have something, even, even what dad was talking about a while ago, when there was nothing else to give, he gave blood, right? We all have something to give. And we're, we're commanded to what? Not be proud or put our trust in money, but our trust should be in him. Uh, because he gives, he richly gives us all we need for our what? Enjoyment. Now, hey, if you like the word enjoyment. Some of y'all are thinking toward lunch and thinking, I'm going to enjoy that lunch. Some of y'all are headed to Guadalajara or whatever else. Mm, you can enjoy that. Yeah. Did you know that everything God has created is for your enjoyment? Every good gift that he's given you is for your enjoyment. Guys, he wants us to, en- he wants us to enjoy life, not endure life. How many of you have gotten into a rut before where you were just enduring life? He wants us to enjoy it because that's the kind of generous God that he is. Everything provided for our enjoyment. And if you go down the next couple of verses, uh, verse 18 and 19, it says, tell them to use their money. This is talking to the rich again, talking to us. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Always ready to share with others. He said, this is what I've given you your resources. This is what I've given them to you for. That you would be rich in good works, generous to those in need, always willing to share. And by doing this, you will be storing up treasure as a good foundation for your future so that you will experience true life. Who wants to experience true life in this place? Guys, he's telling us to be generous and choose to be willing to share. And in that way, we will take hold of the life that is the true life. And you don't know what you're really living for until you begin to break the grip of materialism on your life and you learn to not hold on too tightly to what God has entrusted to you. Number five, I may speed it up just a little bit. Generosity demonstrates my faith. Generosity demonstrates my faith. Every time you give, you are demonstrating that you trust God and you trust his promises. It shows that you believe what you say you believe. It, remember, it's, 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 it's love in action. It's faith in action. It shows that you believe that God will take care of you when you obey him. Second uh, Corinthians 9.13 says, Your giving proves the reality of your faith. Philemon 1.6 says, You are generous because of your faith. You're generous because your faith in, because of your faith in Christ and all that he has done for you. How many of you know that the opposite of that would be like stinginess, the opposite of generosity, holding on to a God. And, and really stinginess is, is, is rooted in unbelief is really what that really is. I, I don't really believe that God can take care of me. I don't believe he's big enough to handle my situation. I don't believe that he is really my source is what we're saying. I don't believe if I give that I'll have enough. That's worry, worry, anxiety, fear. It's all unbelief. We're generous because of our faith. Micah 3.10, you guys have heard this before. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse so there'll be enough food for in my temple. And if you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to receive it. He says, try it. Put me to the test. This is the only place we see in scripture where God says, go ahead and try me on it. Everywhere else we're sold, don't tempt the Lord your God. <laughs> don't test the Lord your God, right? Here he says, test me. Test me in it. 
Test me. Let me prove myself. He says, bring your full tithe, the full 10%. He said, as a starting point, bring that into the storehouse. What was the storehouse? And the storehouse was the temple. It was the place where you, it's the place where you come to worship. And he says, test me and see if I won't throw open the windows of heaven when you do this. See if I won't pour out so much blessing that you don't even have room enough to receive it all. Guys, I was thinking about that. I was talking to somebody at, at the gathering at Coffee Central the other night about how God is so generous. He proved it. He, even, even think about when he fed the 5,000. Remember that? Yeah, well, 5,000 men, right? Probably a lot more people than that. Do you think Jesus, as God, he knew how many people were there and he knew how much food they needed? Why in the world they have 12 baskets full of leftovers? I'll bet it went home with that boy and his family. I'll bet it went home with people who were in need because he's just that generous. He could have provided just the right amount, exactly the right amount. No, there was 12 baskets left over, right? We are allowed to test him, is John Rossity. God says, I dare you, and by this you will prove. It. Actually, guys, this is really one of the places in Scripture we can prove that God is real. If you're struggling a little bit in your life, you're struggling with doubt and unbelief, put them in the test in generosity. See if this promise doesn't line up for you. As you begin to be generous and you begin to give, see if he doesn't bless you and take care of you along the way. He'll prove himself over and over to you. It demonstrates our faith, our generosity does. Number six, generosity reveals my character. In other words, what kind of heart do I really have? Our generosity proves it. Do I have a selfish heart or do I have a selfless heart? Do I have a generous heart or stingy heart? Generosity Giving generously shows what's in my heart. And the Bible says that God uses money to test our heart, does he not? And he can see then whether he can trust us with more. He says if you're faithful in the little things, he'll trust us with what? Bigger things, more things. If you're faithful with that which is not your own, which is every good thing you have that God's entrusted unto you, you're faithful with it, he'll give you much more blessing. You may not realize this, but the rewards and responsibilities that you'll have in heaven are based on how you manage your generosity on earth today. Luke 16, 11 says, if you're untrustworthy with worthly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? Guys, if we don't manage what we've been given well, if we don't manage our money well, if you're not generous with what you've been entrusted with, the Bible says it here. Who will entrust you with the riches of heaven? Your responsibility and rewards in heaven are going to be built on how you handled what God gave you on earth. Number seven, generosity brings God's blessing. Is there anybody here that doesn't like blessing? Anybody here that doesn't want more blessing? Generosity is what brings more blessing. And guys, I could easily give you a hundred scriptures on this right out of the Bible. Generosity brings God's blessing. If you want blessing in your life, you've got to learn to be generous. We can't be stingy. We've got to learn to be open-handed. Again, not holding on too tightly to anything that God has entrusted to us, but willing to give in a moment. And the more we give our time, our talent, and treasure, the more that God will give. Generosity brings God's blessing. Proverbs 22, 9 says, he who is generous will be what? Blessed. Deuteronomy 15, 10 says, you shall generously give to him and your heart shall not be grieved when you give to him, but because for this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in all your undertakings. Anybody want to be blessed in their work? He says, give generously. And because of that, you will be blessed. 
The answer is right there. One of those conditional promises again. He promises to bless us in our work if we will be generous. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, and 8 says, God loves one who gives gladly, cheerful giver. And God will make it up to you by giving you everything you need and more. So, not, so that there will not only be enough for your own needs, but plenty left over to give joyfully to others. Generosity brings God's blessing. Number eight, generosity increases my happiness. Generosity increases my happiness. Now, guys, I've talked a bit before about the difference between joy and happiness. That happiness is more conditional based on how things are going. We're happy with what's going on. Joy is something that God has given us that can't be taken away regardless of the situation. We can choose to be filled with joy regardless of the circumstances. Happiness is not a bad thing. I believe God does want us to be happy. How many of you like happy circumstances in your life? I believe that's a gift from God, the happy thing, the things that make you happy in life. Generosity increases my happiness. The only people who don't know this are people who are generous. Acts 20 verse 35 says, there is more happiness in giving than in receiving. Now, like you guys, when I was a kid, you know, when Christmas time came, I don't think I was real concerned about what anybody else got. I was concerned about what I was getting, right? All my joy came from the presents I received. Not the one, I wasn't buying presents when I was a kid, right? Didn't have any desire to. I wanted to buy buy presents for me. That's what you, yeah, that's the way it's supposed to go, right? No. Reality is, as children, we're immature and we're self-centered. You grow up and you get a little older. And now, you know, I'm a dad. Things are a little different. And now, I can see that joy comes from giving to others and seeing the joy that it brings them. Does that not make you happy when you see the joy that you bring somebody else? Why did that change? Because I grew up. It's called maturity, right? <laughs> it stopped being about me. Unfortunately, some people never grow up. Some people are 80 years old, you know, and it's still all about, all about them. What am I getting out of this? They never learn generosity. Generosity will increase your happiness. If you find you're in a place right now where you're not very happy, learn to become generous. Begin to give and bless those around you. Number nine. Generosity expands my influence. Generosity expands. And guys, we should want influence. Influence opens opportunities to be a blessing and to be blessed. The more generous you become, the more influential you become. Influence comes not from what you get in life, but from what you give in life. The more you give away, the more influential you become. Now, when I talk about influence, I'm not, I'm not talking about being famous. There's a difference between being famous and being influential. There are plenty of famous people out there who have no influence. A lot of selfish people who are famous <clears throat> have no influence. When you want to help other people, remember that influence comes from generosity. The Bible says in Proverbs eleven twenty four, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. That's influence. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Psalm 112, verse 9 says, They shall freely and they shall share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever, and they shall have what? Here's promises influence and honor. If what? If you're generous, right? Your promise, influence, and honor. 
Number 10, generosity multiplies my money. Now, guys, we're not generous just for this reason. We're generous because we love him. But it still would sure be nice to have a money tree growing in the backyard, would it not? <laughs> How you and your younger mom and dad say, you think I made of money? Generosity multiplies your income, your treasure, your money. It's a big one, and there's a lot of verses on this as well. God has worked out a law in the universe that when I give my first 10% to God, he makes the 90% go far further than the 100% would have been if I had held on tightly to it. I promise you, I've seen it my entire life over and over again. He will prove it to you. It's a law of the universe. Give your first 10% to him, and your 90% will go far beyond what the 100% ever could have. Um, Proverbs 11.25, the generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. 2 Corinthians 9.11, yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. Enriched, it says there. That means that you're going to have more than you have right now. What will you be enriched for? It says it there. Is it so you can be some fat cat that buys a third vacation house and gets a boat? And That's not what he's enriching us for, right? House and a boat, it's not bad things, okay? But you know what I'm talking about. What do you have your wealth for? What's its primary purpose in your life? Now, we're enriched so that we can give even more generously. God multiplies money. You do things, I was thinking this, you do things his way. God says, give to me and I'll give to you and you give to others. And then I'm gonna give more to you and you give more to others and I'll give to you again. And by the way, he's gonna win because you can't outgive him, right? God multiplies our money. You cannot outgive God. Treasure, uh, generosity multiplies my treasure. Number 11, generosity brings God's protection. How many of you find a lot of security in knowing that God is your protection? I mean, we live in a dangerous world. A lot of people don't know this one, but your generosity brings God's protection on you and on your family. Brings it on your business, on your every aspect of your life. Psalm 112, verses 5 and 6, it says, All goes well for the generous man who conducts his business fairly. Such a man will not be overthrown by evil circumstances. God's constant care of him will make a deep impression on all who see it. I think this is powerful, guys. All goes well for the generous man who is fair who conducts business fairly, says he will not be overthrown by evil circumstances. Does it say that evil circumstances won't come? Doesn't say that at all. How many of you agree that evil circumstances come sometimes in our lives? They do come. It says you won't be overthrown by them. Everybody has tough times. Everybody goes through problems. There's no guarantee of a problem-free life. It doesn't exist. You're going to have evil circumstances that come. But God says when you learn to be generous like he is generous, he says you're not going to be blown away. You're not going to be overthrown by the circumstances. You're going to be able to stand firm, and he will be your protection. And and it also goes on. I love the end of that verse. It talks about how um, that God's constant care of us is going to make it. It says a deep impression 
on all those around you. They're going to look and they're going to go, man, look at that guy. He is so blessed. It looks like nothing's going right in his life. And he has such joy. And he is so blessed. And God is taking care of him in the midst of it all. Generosity brings God's protection. Last one. Ready for the last one? Number 12. Generosity will be rewarded in heaven. Generosity will be rewarded in heaven. I read part of this a minute ago, but I'm going to read it again from the Living Bible. 1 Timothy 6, 18 and 19. It says, tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and should get happily to those in need. Always ready to share what, uh, with others whatever God has given them. Verse 19, by doing this, they will be storing up real treasure for themselves in heaven. You th- when you're generous, you think that's the real treasure? That's not the real treasure, right? When you're generous, you'll be storing up real treasure for yourself in heaven, which is the only safe investment for eternity. And they will be living a fruitful Christian life down here on earth as well. People say, well, God, I don't believe in this prosperity gospel. Guys, look, I don't care what you got to say about that, but God does want to prosper you. And it's not so you can have seven houses and eight boats. It's so that you can be more and more and more and more and more and more of a blessing to others. He wants to use you to enrich other people's lives. He wants to use you to point people to Jesus. Use your money to do good. But, oh, and I'm loving this. You, tell them to use their money to do good. How do you know that we use money? Money is a tool. Money is something to be used. It's not to be loved. You, you use money, you love people. That gets flipped a lot, right? A lot of people use people because they love money. We're called to use money and love people. People say, well, you know, isn't, 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 isn't it bad to, you know, you know to, isn't money a bad thing? No, it says the love of money is the root of all evil. We are to love people and use money, not the other way around. So he says, use your money to do what's good. Always ready to share whatever God has given you. And by doing this, you store up true treasure in heaven, the only safe investment for all eternity. And then it says, and they, that's us, you will be living a Christian life, a, a fruitful Christian life down here on earth as well. Guys, it means you're going to prosper. It's gonna pro- you're going to prosper. You're going to be a blessing. How many of you know you can't take stuff with you when you die? I've been to a lot of funerals, but I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. Right? Never seen it happen. We talked about that. It wasn't ours in the first place. What do you do? Jesus says it four times in the Gospels. He says, store up treasure in heaven. We're not trying to get as much as we can get here. We're trying to use what God has given us to be a blessing and to store treasure in heaven. And how do we do that? How do we bank in heaven? By investing in people. People are the thing of value. People are, that is the currency of heaven. Investing in people. How do we do that? By investing in what we're doing in faith, pointing people to Jesus, getting people into the kingdom, getting them growing, getting them discipled. That's investing in heaven. And he said that, that, that what you send ahead, that you'll be able to enjoy in heaven in eternity. Luke 16, 9 says, it says, here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and to make friends. Then when your possessions are gone, by the way, when are your possessions gone? When you die, right? When you leave this life on earth and you go to heaven. When those possessions are gone, 
They are going to welcome you. Who? Your friends that you invested in. They're going to welcome you into an eternal home. What do we use our earthly resources for? To benefit others and make friends. Now, I know hopefully you're not buying your friends. Okay, that's not what that means. Um, it says, you know, it says to benefit others and make friends, but in this way it says your generosity source of reward in heaven. What does it mean to use our worldly resources to, to benefit others and make friends? It, it, it's not talking about going out and buying people, buying friends. It's saying use your resources to point people to Jesus. Use your resource to expand the kingdom of God. And it says, and then one day, what's gonna happen is you're gonna leave this life on earth. All those earthly possessions that you invested with for so long are gonna be gone. And you're gonna find that the true reward that you saved up is gonna be in heaven. And you're gonna have people meeting you saying, I am so glad you're here. You're gonna say, I'm sorry, do I know you? Man, you, you did something one time. You gave to this one thing and it changed my life. Because of that, I received Christ and you are why I'm here today. That's what it's saying right here. It's saying they will welcome you to your eternal home. Guys, I don't know about you, but I don't want like 10 people up there. I want thousands of people up there welcoming me, welcoming me into my eternal home. I would ask, is there anybody that's gonna be in heaven because of your generosity? Because of how you use your resources. I want, I want tens of thousands of heaven, uh, people in heaven because of the way I used what God enriched and gave to me while I was on earth. Is anybody going to be in heaven because of the way you used your resources and your money? Are you going to have new friends waiting for you in heaven? They'll say, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being faithful. Thank you for giving. Thank you for serving. Thank you for witnessing. Thank you for investing in that project. We may have never met on earth, but I am here and I know the Lord because of you. That's what it means to be rewarded in heaven. And those rewards will last for all eternity. Everything I spend on myself on earth, I'm losing, going to lose it all. But if I invest in God's work, it's an eternal investment. So what do I do with my wealth, my resources on earth? Do I hold on to it? Get all I can for my 80 or 90 years? Or do I invest in what really matters and know that I will be able to enjoy that for all of eternity? It's a no-brainer. Generosity will be rewarded in heaven. Amen? We are getting everything fixed this week, guys. That's been like static in the screen for weeks. Yes, we know. We know. Trust me, we, parts have come in. We're having to make some, do a, a few upgrades and hopefully it will all be completed this week and all this stuff will be resolved. Thank you, Jesus, for technology. How many of you are glad? <laughs> Makes life easier, right? Um, guys, before I close, um, I do want to invite the worship team to come up. And before you guys stand, I, I just wanted to talk to you for just a minute. Um, Again, Pastor Sean had mentioned during the announcements that we, um, two weeks today, we are going to collect our um, annual Christmas gift offering. And it's amazing how you guys give toward that every year. Uh, talking about, um, firstly, like I say, being a blessing to our single parents and, and just, uh, just giving a little bit of a blessing to each one of those families and, and uh, you know, just so that they really enjoy their Christmas together. But, um, but beyond that, um, you know, our um, just... 
just the other ways that we use that. that secondly, you know, is, is, is building up our benevolence. And, and uh, our, our benevolence fund, I mean, we've given more in the last few years to, to folks in need than, than we ever have before. And, and that, that primarily is, is here. Most of that stays within our church family because our, our, our view of this is, you know, it's God's money that God entrusted you, but you're giving it. You're being faithful. You're investing it. And, and you're giving it into, into your church home. And so we feel, you know, a responsibility to, to take care of, of you guys when you go through hard, because we all go through tough times sometimes. Things happen. Evil circumstances come, but we're here for one another. And so we love that, that, that uh, we use that Christmas gift offering. Much of it goes to build up our benevolence fund for the next year. And so that's what we're wanting. We're wanting to build that benevolence fund for, for 2023 so that whatever may come, uh, you know, we'll still be here and, and able to, to, to help you and, and support you, you know, as that... Uh, um, as, as things roll along next year. But, uh, but taking that back a step further, you know, we talk about this every year. Uh, we, always, we always give a bit of a challenge. And so, um, you know, for, for years now, uh, we, have, we have done what we call the tithe challenge. And every year through this tithe challenge, we have people that, that test God in this and say, you know what, all right, I'm going to try it. I, I don't know exactly how I'm going to afford it, but I, I'm going to take, uh, take God's challenge on this. I'm going to test them and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a tenth of my income. I'm a tenth, a tenth of all that comes into me, I'm going to give it to the Lord. And, uh, and every year we have people that, that get so excited. I mean, just within a couple of months, they're so excited and going, wow, doors are opening and, and promotions and, and raises and unexpected income and all these different things because they finally, they, they were obedient and they saw what it talked about their Malachi, about the windows of heaven being opened over their life. And, and they were so blessed. And so to make that easy, what we've done for years is, is every December, we've given what we call the tithe challenge. And, uh, and we'll give you the opportunity to take the challenge. And basically what we say is, we, we encourage you, uh, because look, look guys, we feel like we can do this because God said to test him. And so what we do is for three months, um, and we'll give you a start date. What will be the start date be on that, Shona? It'll be January 1st. The start date on that will be January 1st. And so we encourage you guys, that starting in January, if you are not a tither, you're not giving uh, at least a tenth of your income to the Lord, then we would encourage you to give it a try. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna dare you. If you give January, February, and March, you give a tenth of your income, we promise you by the end of March, if you don't see God's hand of blessing, if you don't see him doing more with the 90% than you could have with the 100, I promise you if you ask for it, we'll give you 100% of it back. And we can do that because we trust what God's word says. We will cut you a check at the end of March if you tell us that. I promise you, it's never happened. It's never happened. Nobody's ever come back to us and said, my life has been so much more miserable because I started giving. Never happened. What usually happens is by, we usually have a night of worship like the last weekend of January and usually we got testimonies, people in tears. Do you won't believe what God's done to my life since I started giving? It's incredible. So we'll be presenting that in the next week or two and we're gonna give you the opportunity to take the tithe challenge. It's God's tithe challenge. It's not our tithe challenge. It's God's tithe challenge. We're just gonna come along and we're gonna support that. The second thing we're gonna encourage you as we've done the last several years is to commit for 2023. If you, maybe, you are, maybe you are a tither and you've given 10% for, for years and you see, you, you, you see the, the benefit of that and the blessing in that and you see God uh, moving your life. We encourage you, and, and you'll probably hear more about this next week, but we encourage you to commit to giving above and beyond. Guys, we have always wanted to give more and more and more each year. I would love to get to the place where I'm only living on 10% of my income. 
that to me is a, would be a dream come true. And I believe, I believe this year, and guys, I, most of you know me, you know, I'm not boasting, but I think we will give far more this year than we have ever given before. And, and that will not be enough. I want to keep giving more and more. And so we, another challenge, another, not a challenge, but an invitation. We, we invite you each December to become a progressive giver and to make a commitment that Lord in 2023, I'm going to give above and beyond. I'm going to be progressive in my giving. I'm going to give up above and beyond the tithe. And, and to just make a, a pledge, a challenge, you know, um, to, we'll give you a thing. You can put that down and say, I'm committing to the Lord and to the church that I'm going to give, I'm going to give an extra 2% this year. I'm going to give an extra 3% this year. And, I, and what we encourage you to do in that, guys, this, this is really when the true blessing begins to flow in your life, the more you give. And, and as you do that, guys, we encourage you to do it. Like this year, beginning of this year, we, we really gave um, in, in a couple different areas. And, and we made a list of what we were believing God for. God, we, we're, we're giving this because we say we trust you in this area, in this area, in this area, in this area. We need a breakthrough. And so we're giving this, trusting you to come through in our life on our behalf. And so, guys, we're going to encourage you to become a progressive giver. Uh, and underneath that, kind of a subcategory under that, guys, um, I'm, I'm going to make an announcement here that Miss Donna wasn't ready for, but she got it together for me. Um, we encouraged you this year, back in January, also to become a progressive, I'm sorry, a principal partner. The dream the Lord has placed on my heart is to pay off this property and pay off this building. And I told you guys that my goal was to, my goal was to put down, just pay off a quarter of a million dollars this year. And Ms. Donna just sent me, as we got a financial team meeting, she's got all her piles of papers there for after church. That to date, there's still, we, we've got to make more payments. We got one more month left in the year, right? To date, since January, we have paid on principle $221,098. And by the end of December, if the trend continues exactly the same as it has been and everything, we believe it's going to be $265,255. Now, we don't want to stop at the end of December, right? <laughs> We're going to keep going. And so I encourage you guys, if, if you're already, look, if, you, if you're not a tither, guys, please don't give toward the building. I want you to give your tithe first. That's, that's what's most important. That opens God's blessing in your life. And, and that, that's a personal thing and that's obedience. And, and so please don't, don't become, sign up to become a progressive giver if you, if, if you, if you don't tithe. Don't, don't sign up to, to, to pay down the building debt if you don't tithe. Please just, just, just begin to tithe first. Because I, I believe we're going to have this thing paid off in a few years. Amen? And then last thing, obviously, like I said, is the Christmas gift offering, which I've already talked about and I won't go back into much. But you're going to go toward the single parents for Christmas, uh, building on our benevolence fund. And then also have this, um, uh, Lord's really placed it on my heart that um, in 2023, uh, we need to do some new things here. I, I believe it's time to, to uh, kind of bring our building up to date. We need to do some upgrades. I'm wanting to, I'm wanting to change this room and, and uh, make things more efficient and prettier, more contemporary. It's basically been the same uh, for the most part for about 12 years. And I think it's time to do some upgrades and such. And so I'm believing for that as well because 
this is something God has given us, uh, this facility, a place to meet, and we need to take care of it. Amen? And so, guys, that's what we're looking at. And so our Christmas gift offering and your opportunity to pledge to be a tithe, to take the tithe challenge or be a progressive giver, a principal partner, we will do that two weeks from today on Sunday, December 4th. And it will be a special day. And so what we're going to ask of you guys is that if you haven't already started, we ask you to start praying now and say, Holy Spirit, what would you have me do? What, what are you challenging? Because, guys, I believe the Holy Spirit is always challenging us to be more and more generous. And like I say, that's in many areas of our lives. But as a church family, we got we to gotta give here and take care of what God has given us here as well. And so we encourage you to pray and say, you got, you got two weeks now. Pray and say, Holy Spirit, on that Sunday, on that Sunday, what is it that you want me to do? On December 4th, what are you asking of me? And we're going to ask everybody, please, and just pray. I, I, I don't think you got to pray a whole lot about giving a Christmas gift offering. You might pray and ask the Lord, Lord, like what amount? But we would ask everybody to take part in the Christmas gift offering. Help us bless the single mothers to build up our benevolence fund and that kind of thing. But beyond that, the tithe challenge, progressive giving, principal partner. Guys, I want you to pray. Because the Holy Spirit may be leading. You may feel him even right now, leading and, and nudging you that direction. And, uh, and guys, this is always one of the most exciting times of the year. Um, in our church family. I can't wait, especially as we come out of, you know, we, we always go into January with, um, with prayer and fasting, right? And man, what that first night of worship, we, uh, that last night of our prayer and fasting, we always have a night of worship and it's always so powerful because we've prayed and we've fasted and we've committed to give. And we will hear testimonies of miracles that God is doing in our church family. Amen? Let's stand up on our feet. Now, after all that, I've gone a little longer, but that's all right. It's all right. I'm glad y'all forgive me. <laughs> Lord, I thank you that you are a good, good God. You are such a generous Father. And I thank you, Lord, that every good thing we have comes from you. You have given it to us to bless others. And I pray, God, that you look upon us and you see us as good stewards. Lord, that we would be good and faithful servants with everything that you have placed in our hands. That we wouldn't hold on too tightly to anything that you've entrusted to us. But every day we would be thankful. Every day we would trust you. And every day we'd be willing to be generous. Lord, bring us to the point that nothing is off limits. Lord, I want to be at the point where if you say today, I need you to give away your car, I'll do it without hesitation. Because I know that you're going to take care of me. Lord, I thank you for each and every one here. I know most of us are Christ followers. We want to be like Jesus. And I just speak over everyone here, Lord, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to them. That you would just stir a spirit of generosity within them in Jesus' name. And Lord, we know that that is sparked from love. Love for you and love for others. That's what drives and motivates our generosity. So Lord, stir up your love within them. Allow them to see people around you the way that you see them. Allow them to see through the rough exterior of their neighbor and to see through to their heart and to their potential and all that you have for them. May they learn to be generous, to be givers. As if you're here and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's the first most important thing is you receive the gift of Jesus. You have to, before you can be generous for God, you've got to receive God's generosity. If you haven't bowed your knee to Jesus and said yes to him, if you haven't surrendered your heart to him, 
the first step is to say yes to Jesus. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. If you haven't said yes to him, he's been trying to get your attention your whole life. And that's why you're here today. And that's why you feel that tugging in your heart right now. Whether you're here in person or watching online. Guys, we've got to say yes to Jesus. The Bible says we're lost in our sin. We owe a debt we can never repay. But God recognized that and he sent his only son. And Jesus said, I'll take care of it. He looked at you in your lost and sinful state and said, I'm going to take care of it. And he went and he paid your debt by spilling his own blood. All he asks of you is that you give your life to him in return. And you'll probably never have to spill your blood for him. It'll be a bit easier than that. He just asks that you live for him every day. That you trust him. That you do things his way. That you love others and you're generous to others. Yeah, we got to repent and we got to turn from our sin. The Bible says that he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. He cleanses from all unrighteousness. Every head bowed, if you're here and you have not said yes to Jesus, or maybe you have, but you just recognize that you're not living your life for him. Anybody here that would raise their hand and say, I need Jesus today? Anybody here, raise your hand up high. Come on, guys. Anybody needs to surrender to Jesus? Maybe you're watching online. There's no distance in the spirit. The same God, the same Holy Spirit that's right here with us right now, he is right there with you this moment. And he's tugging at your heart and he's imploring you, please say yes to Jesus. Please surrender your life to him. I'm gonna pray a prayer. You can pray with me. The Bible says, if you make this decision, you mean it with your heart, you become a new creation. The old things are passed away. All things become new and you can truly begin to experience true life. I say, Heavenly Father, I recognize I'm lost, dead in my sin. I recognize I'm living for myself. I recognize that I need Jesus. Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are. You're the son of God. The Lamb of God, you came to take away the sin of the world. And I recognize that includes me. So today I repent, I turn from my sin, and I put you first. I put you on the throne of my heart. I give my life to you. I believe that you died, I believe that you rose again. And today I declare that you're my Savior. You're my Lord. Holy Spirit, fill me and empower me that I can be everything and do everything you've called me to be. Follow you all the days of my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys, um, <laughs> I want to invite our prayer partners to come down. Pastors, elders, senior leaders, our prayer partners. If you would come down to the sides over there. And if you have a prayer need of any kind, we're, we're going to dismiss here in just a moment. I, I want to sing one more chorus. I want us just to press in for, for just give me two more minutes. But even as we do that, if you have a prayer need of any kind, first and foremost, if you gave your life to Christ, please come down and talk to one of these. Let them pray with you, give you some direction. If you need a Bible, we'll get you a Bible. If you want to be water baptized, we'll get you water baptized. Maybe the Holy Spirit has been convicting your heart today as we've talked about generosity. And you realize, I need more of a heart of generosity. I need to trust God more. Come down and talk to one of these folks and let them, let them talk with you for a minute. Let them, let them pray with you and give you some, some direction. Let them encourage you. Or I don't know what else your prayer need may be. Maybe you have pain in your body. Guys, you have pain in your body. The Bible says that God is our healer. So come down and let somebody 
So let somebody pray with you and agree with you. We're going to believe for a breakthrough in your life. We're going to believe for that thing to go, whatever it is that's been tormenting you. Amen? And we're going to sing this last chorus. And I just want you to ask, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me today? What area of my heart are you pointing out? What change are you wanting me to make today? And then be ready for what he tells you, because he will. And be ready to say yes, Lord. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll-free at 866-383-8277.